Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, he says, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we need to understand that. Secondly, we need to understand that within each one of these writings, we see the Lord Jesus Christ through the background and through the experience of the individual writer. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit led them in the writing. In today's message, Pastor David will share with you a bird's eye view of the entirety of the Gospels. As you'll see throughout the Gospels, each of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each have a very specific view on the events of Jesus' life. Some recalled the events on a more detail-oriented basis, whereas some were seemingly in awe and were only able to record the basic facts. Pastor David will also share with you that if every single act of Jesus' ministry was recorded on paper, not even the whole world could contain the number of books. Now here's Pastor David as he begins his message, A Synopsis of the Gospels. Four gospel records, Matthew, what are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay. If you've been a Christian more than a week, you ought to know that, okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four different gospel writers that write, uh, each one Each one is unique in, in how they write and actually even in what they write for the most part. Within each one of them is the the, the story of the life, the the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in all four of them. In the midst, though, of their uniqueness that separates them from from saying exactly the same throughout the whole thing, in, in that uniqueness is actually the reality of the authenticity of the record. Say you go into a courtroom scene and an incident has happened and the judge draws three witnesses forward. If all three of those witnesses say exactly the same thing, almost word for word for word, don't you think you as a judge would think, ah, you guys have been coached to say what you're saying. But if they come up and say that there was an accident, it was on 4th Street, and this red car ran right into this white pickup truck. Well, that's one story. The other story is, yeah, it was on 4th or 5th Street. I'm not real sure what the street number was. But this orange car uh, hit this beige-colored truck. That's the second witness. 
Then the third witness comes and says, man, this truck was like going like crazy and it ran this light and this car hit it and I, I don't really know what else happened or what color it is. Now, are they talking about the same thing? More than likely. But there's a few details that are a little bit different. Now, the details of the Gospels really are, don't, don't change. But what, what is happening is they're looking at the same events from different perspectives. Perhaps you've heard the story of uh, four blind men from India trying to describe the elephant. And so one takes a hold of the elephant's trunk, and I won't give you my best Indian uh, um, uh, voice, but uh, the, the first blind man takes hold of the elephant's trunk, and he says, well, the elephant, the elephant is like a, a large python snake. The second blind man comes and he grabs a hold of the ear and he's feeling the ear and he says, no, 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 the elephant is like the, the large palm tree, the, the leaf of the, or the branch of the palm tree. And the other one comes to the side of the elephant, blind as he could be, and yet he's feeling the side of the elephant. He says, no, an elephant is much like my mud house and it is strong and hard and that's what an elephant is like. And the last one comes up and he's got a hold of the tail and he says, no, 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 the elephant is, is like a rope and a stinky one at that. Uh, they've, they've got all four different, different uh, uh, ideas and understandings. They're looking at the same thing from different areas. When we look at the gospel accounts, we see this kind of format going on. Each one of the records is of the life of Jesus from a different point of view. One early commentator uh, back in the 1800s, late 1800s, writes this. He says that the early church fathers identified these symbols with the four gospels. Matthew, the lion, Mark, the ox, Luke, the man, and John, the eagle. These symbols, thus viewed, express not the personal character of the evangelists, but the manifold aspect of Christ in relation to the world. Four being the number significant of worldwide extension. For example, four corners of the world, the uh, four points on the compass, the four seasons, this kind of a thing. It says that the lion expresses royalty as Matthew gives prominence of that feature to Christ. The ox is the laborious endurance, Christ's prominent characteristic in the gospel according to Mark. Man with brotherly sympathy with the whole race of man. That's Christ's prominent feature in Luke. And then finally, the eagle soaring in majesty, uh, prominent in John's description of Christ as the divine word. He goes on to say that these creatures represent four aspects of Christ Jesus as the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. In all four of these aspects, Christ Jesus is supreme Lord. Again, he goes on, as the lion, the Lord Jesus is the king of kings and Lord of lords. Matthew describes Christ with that aspect. As the ox, Christ is the servant of God and the servant of men. Mark describes Christ in this respect. As the man, the Lord Jesus is a lover, a friend, a companion, an associate, and a leader. And Luke describes Christ in this aspect. As the eagle, 
The Lord Jesus is God himself. He is deity, eternal and all-powerful. And his deity is fully described in the gospel of John. So that's the idea and thought of what we're looking at as we look at the four different gospels. As we look at these four gospel records, you need to understand that two of the writers are apostles. They, they had walked with Jesus. They'd spent time with Jesus. That's Matthew and John. While the other two, Mark and Luke, those were, uh, they wrote with with eyewitness accounts. They, they went and got the testimony of others who had been there and had experienced these things, not only from other apostles, but also from other uh, individuals that interacted with Jesus during his ministry, including his mother, Mary. Now, Mark, whose full name is John Mark, was most likely he was uh, half Jew and half Gentile. He goes by the two names, John Mark. John was a Jewish name. Mark was a Roman name. Much like Timothy, we don't know uh, anything about John Mark's father. Only speaks of John Mark's mother that we find in the book of Acts. The writer of the third account, Luke, well, we know for certain he was fully Gentile. And that leads us once again, I, I need to clarify some things, again, so that we're all on track here. A couple of things that we need to understand right up front as we get into the study. Number one, none of the gospel writers set out to give an absolute and a complete biography of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and yet each one of them wrote about him. They wrote about his ministry. They wrote about his purposes. We know that they didn't all write everything about it because John tells us in his gospel record, he says, truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And then in chapter 21, he again kind of reiterates the fact not everything is written down. He says, as he writes in John 21, he says, this is the disciple who testifies of these things and writes these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, he says, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So we need to understand that. Secondly, we need to understand that within each one of these writings, we see the Lord Jesus Christ through the background and through the experience of the individual writer. Absolutely, the Holy Spirit led them in the writing. But even the Holy Spirit, as he works within our lives, he works through who we are. We don't suddenly become conformed robots with everything the same. He's using the background and the experiences of each one of these individuals. The story is the same, but the accounts uh, vary depending, actually depending more upon the individual than it does the audience, even though as we look at each of the gospel accounts, it appears that some have a very distinct, very purposeful audience. We need to remember Matthew uh, was, was a tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector 
who became an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he traveled with Jesus in his ministries. So he comes with a very unique perspective as he writes his gospel account. John Mark, as we shared, an early protege of men like Barnabas and Peter and even later of Paul, and we'll talk a little bit more about him in a moment. Luke, we we know that, again, he was a Gentile convert. We also know that uh, he was an intellectual. He was a physician. He's a man that deals with details. He's a man that spent a great deal of his time with the Apostle Paul in Paul's missionary journeys. And he himself was probably a late convert to Christianity as compared to some of the other uh, apostles. Because again, they, during the life and ministry of Christ, they had followed him. Well, it wasn't until the book of Acts that we find Luke and coming up alongside of Paul. Then we get to John, the, the fourth gospel. John, the, who is uh, written in his own gospel account, John writing in the book of John says, refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I always find that kind of humorous that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dad's favorite kind of a thing. But uh, actually, John says the disciple whom Jesus loved, referring to himself. Well, he is the longest living of all of the apostles. Uh, he also served as a pastor. He's also the one who wrote first, second, third John. He's also the one who wrote the book of Revelation. So one story, the story of Jesus Christ from four different viewpoints, from four different backgrounds, and the effect of the Lord Jesus Christ on each one of them. So how does that work for you and I in our lives? As we read the gospel, the gospels individually, first of all, hopefully we find out that Jesus is our redeemer. He, again, brings salvation to us. But some of you also know he is a healer. Some of the others know that he is a deliverer. He's delivered from bondages. He's set free. Some of us, as we read the word and, and we read who Christ is, he literally, he becomes our peace. Our life is just so helter-skelter. And as we come to Christ and as we trust him, he becomes our peace. He becomes the very fullness of our life. So even in our own individual relationships with Christ, we could go through the room and the testimony of our lives would vary. It's the same Christ, but works in each one of our lives in individual ways. On and on, we could go with that. So let's look quickly. Uh, well, maybe not so quickly, but we'll look through each one of the uh, gospel records, kind of get an overview of the books themselves. I had thought about doing a chronological uh, life of Christ through the gospels, but as I, again, prayed about that and looked at that, this is just where I was led. So hopefully this will bless you. Hopefully it'll encourage you. Hopefully it'll be something new and freshing, or it'll be a reminder and a re-refreshing for some of you. First of all, we're not going to go to Matthew first. We're actually going to go to the gospel according to Mark. The Gospel According to Mark, written by, as we said, John Mark. Young man, remember he started out, uh, when we first find out about him, he starts out on a missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas. You remember that guy, that guy that in the middle of that missionary journey, he decides to say, you know, hey, I'm going back home. 
I, I don't want to be a missionary anymore. And so he goes back. We don't know why he went home. But what, for whatever reason, Paul was pretty upset at him because we read in the book of Acts in chapter 15 that as Paul and Barnabas got ready to go on the next missionary journey, Barnabas, who was a close relative to John Mark, said, hey, Paul, why don't we take John Mark with us? And Paul said, no way, he's not going to go. And there arose such a contention between two godly men. Two men who are seeking the Lord, desiring the Lord in both of their lives, wanting to serve the Lord, there arose such a contention that there became a division between the two. And so Paul left with Silas and Barnabas took John Mark from there. Now, the interesting thing is we find about John Mark is that later on in Paul's life, it appears as though John Mark had redeemed himself in some way as I've shared before through some of the studies, either John Mark matured or the Apostle Paul mellowed. But we find out that near the end of uh, Paul's life, he's telling Timothy, hey, be sure and bring John Mark with you because he's useful for me in the ministry. And although he had time with the Apostle Paul, uh, we do believe that he had some time before the end of Paul's life with him. And apparently since Paul said, hey, he's useful for me in the ministry, there was some times that they had connected. Most of what John Mark has as a reference it is believed to be from the apostle Peter and also from Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, his is believed to be the first gospel account to be completed and in circulation before any of the rest of them. Uh, his is short, it's to the point. From that, uh, many say, you know, from, from what they see just in the context, they believe that that was the first one written. Now, it's an interesting thing, and this is, this is just speculation. I'm just gonna throw this out here for you. A lot of people say that Mark did not spend any time with Jesus. We don't really see within the gospel record of Mark being among the apostles at all. However, there is one really strange incident that happened in the garden on the night that Jesus was betrayed. Turn with me, if you would, in Mark to chapter 14. Chapter 14. Now, you need to remember where we're going to be looking. This is at the point of time that all the soldiers are there. Judas had already betrayed the Lord. Uh, the deal with uh, Peter uh, and the sword, that's already done and over with. Now we get Mark 14. Go down to verse 50. It says, then they, they being I the disciples we know in the context, then they all forsook him and fled. Then verse 51, now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body. And the young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Now that is a bizarre story just to throw right in the middle of this. And you wonder now, who in the world was that? Mark is the only one that writes about this incident. No other uh, gospel account has it. Mark doesn't give the name of this individual. We look at the situation, well, what's he doing running around naked with just a linen cloth on? Well, think about it for a minute. All the disciples have fled at this point. Who would there have been around to give the details for John Mark to write this? No one. Some believe that as a very young man, 
John Mark could have been with Jesus at least near the end of his ministry while he was in Jerusalem, those last few days in Jerusalem. We read, and you don't need to turn there, but we read in Acts chapter 12 that John Mark's mother lived in Jerusalem. Some have even speculated that the Lord's Supper could have been eaten in the upper room of John Mark's mother's house. Remember, they followed a man with a water pot. He could have been a servant, not necessarily the owner, but the arrangements had been made with the owner for the upper room. Now, her name was Mary. We find that in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. Very possibly, when Jesus and the disciples left the house and headed for Gethsemane, out of curiosity, and we know that this is John Mark's mom's house, and it's his mom, John, very, very possibly, out of curiosity, John Mark, who had already gone to bed, might have been listening half heartedly to the conversations that were going on. He could have possibly gotten out of bed, simply thrown on a a linen night wrap, a linen cloth, and followed after them. And then this is what happened. A lot of speculation, absolutely no proof of anything, but it's just kind of interesting uh, to me nonetheless. Mark's writing reads more like a a, a storyline more so than any of the others. Uh, And his accounts aren't necessarily in chronological order. It's in the book of Mark where we see Jesus, as we shared earlier, Jesus as the servant. We see in Mark, he's continually ministering to the needs of the people. We find in Mark a primary focus on the actions and on the miracles of Jesus as he ministered to the needs of the people in front of him. Much more on the actions and the miracles than on the sayings and the teachings of Jesus. That's what we find in Mark. We find that perhaps maybe due to Mark's personality, his, his writing just seems to be very, very active. Events happen event after event after event going on. Much more action-oriented than any of the other gospel writers. Uh, he actually uses the words, uh, or the word immediately, more so than any of the other gospel writers. He uses it 35 times within his gospel account. As a matter of fact, if you're in Mark, just go to chapter one. And it's absolutely fascinating when, we, when you slow down to, to look at these things. In Mark chapter one, this is a guy that seemed, maybe he's uh, uh, ADD or he's like, uh, you know, he's just like, man, he's just like on the go. He's drank too many monsters or caffeine. I don't know. Uh, but immediately is in his vocabulary. Mark chapter one, look down in verse 10. And immediately, Coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Verse 12, immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Verse 18, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 20, and immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee. Verse 21, then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. Verse 28, and immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Verse 31, and so he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately her fever left her and she served them. And then verse 42, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him 
and he was cleansed. That's a lot of immediately. As our time with you today winds down, we'd like to share where you can listen to today's message again. You'll find this and other teachings from Pastor David and The Open Word at theopenword.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an edition of the program. Right now, let's turn it back over to Pastor David for a quick message from the heart. Hello, friend. I'm so glad you joined in today to The Open Word. As you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. He's the reason I teach every week at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. I want as many people as possible to know and believe the message of the gospel. If you'd like to know more about what Jesus' life and death means to you, I'd encourage you to call us. We have some great people here who would love to pray with you and answer your questions. Our number is 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. Know that I'm praying for you too. And I value you greatly as a listener and brother or sister in Christ. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to invite you to come see us in person as well at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. We have services every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. And you'll be able to find more information at theopenword.com. Just click the church link at the bottom of the page. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Join us next time to continue our journey through the Bible right here on The Open Word. Make us more.